The next two guests are regulars who have made that show a great success. My eternal gratitude. We bring back Liz Peek, Fox News contributor and columnist for everything. Steve Moore, Freedom Works, Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And his latest book is Govzilla. Steve and I were down in Hotlanta yesterday at the America First Policy Institute. Stephen introduced me, and it was lovely. Stephen is my brother. Steve, you are 30 years worth at least. You're my brother. Anyway. It was a great time. Great time. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't even want to do this, but I kind of have to do this. Uh, I'll start with you, Liz. Um, This Kevin McCarthy story, uh, you know, did he – did he say Trump should resign? Did he tell Trump? There's a tape that's out there. I mean, this was in the heat, really the fog of war, right after the January 6th mess. And there's no telling. Kevin denies having said that. Trump issued a statement uh, saying he's fine. He's, he likes Kevin McCarthy. Uh, and McCarthy's going to be the next speaker. But let's go ahead. Take a whack at it, if you would. Well, it, honestly, I, I'm sort of with you. Um, the, I think that there is such an enthusiasm on the left for any kind of uh, GOP infighting. <laughs> yeah. right. I tend to sort of dismiss these stories as, A, possibly not credible, and, B, not very important. I mean, Kevin McCarthy is going to be the next speaker. I really do think there's um, a lot of people who still support President Trump, but they also know that Republicans have to win the House. They have to have credible leadership of the House. And by the way, as you point out, McCarthy supposedly said this uh, when the world was falling apart around us. I mean, it, it, you know, let's move on. And, and by the way, every yeah. time we get mired in this kind of gossip and speculation and so forth, it's a win for this kangaroo court, which I really think the uh, January 6th investigation yeah. on the Hill is. And I hope it's shut down pretty soon. I hope it's over pretty soon because it's just a cudgel Democrats are using to discredit Republicans. That's it. Yeah. Steve, what are you thinking? I can't improve on that. I yeah, mean, I yeah, know. I mean, Liz, Liz nailed it. Liz, just Liz nailed, nailed it. it. I mean, it is, yeah. it is a diversion tactic uh, to, to change the subject from anything but uh, Biden's performance on the economy, on the border, on uh, Ukraine and so on. And And look, as she said, this is a story that, what is this, a year and a half old or something, and all of a sudden it reemerges. So, uh, look, Kevin, McC- is, Kevin McCarthy is going to be speaker, and look, there's a decent chance that Donald Trump could be president again yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, I think if that happens, I said this on Fox News earlier this morning, I think they'll be a great team. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like the New York Times comes up with this. I just love this. The New York Times. <laughs> No problem. Title 42, overrunning the border once again. Inflation, no one's going in back. The White House just issued a bunch of environmental regulations that will literally stop construction of infrastructure in my lifetime. And they're going after this little uh, nonsensical thing. I mean, come on. You know, Larry, you know what's the biggest story to me right now? And and I think you guys, I'd be really interested in your take on this. I think corporate America is either waking up or at least has been kind of rattled now hmm. by by the fact that people are beginning to push back on their taking a stance on all these woke ideologies and inserting themselves into policymaking in our country, where I really don't think people think that the CEO of Disney is an elected official. You know, I mean, I think I think this Disney story is really 
important. I think it's important that Exxon is not going to allow the Black Lives Matter flag or the rainbow flag to fly, fly from their corporate headquarters. I think it's really I think really one of the big forces at work in our country right now, which a lot of us are dismayed by, is corporate America, which has sort of forgotten. It's lost its way. Mm. It's no longer about making profits. It's about working for the social good or their interpretation of the social good, which a great many of us really disagree with. So I I actually think – I think this is very scary for Democrats because, boy, oh, boy, have they got a lot of support – for their policies and their candidates from even the Chamber of Commerce. Holy mackerel. Remember, they backed, I think, 32 candidates uh, for Congress in the 2020 election. This is a big story. And I I really think um, it deserves all the three of us talking about it. Yeah, no. (laughs) I'm laying that down. (laughs) No, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. Steve, think about this. Um, What comes to mind is, first of all, Elon Musk. Yeah. And his assault. Uh, on the suppression of free speech, but he's doing it, if you will, in the business sense. He's not waiting for legislation. He's just going on ahead and doing it. And then the other one is political with DeSantis cracking down on Disney. Um, what do you think about that? The tide is turning in the board. By the way, Liz, Liz I didn't know about the Exxon thing. Yeah. I, that's and of a very they're interesting. getting hammered for it. But, you know, think about Exxon. There's a company that no matter what they do, I mean, they've practically disavowed <laughs> being in the oil and gas business <laughs> to make the woke left happy. You're and it so hasn't right. Earned them, it yeah. hasn't earned them a penny. And so now, they, you know, why wouldn't they strike back really at all these leftist activists? Because they're not going to ever get them on their side. So, you know, stand up for, for neutrality. That's the point. And that's kind of Elon Musk's point. How about neutrality? Anyway, didn't mean to cut off Steve. No, go ahead, Steve. Uh, well, just a couple of random thoughts on this. I mean, number one, um, look, I, I remember when I was a kid and on Sunday nights, we gather around the TV and turn on uh, the wonderful world of Disney. And yeah, it was wholesome. Right. right. It was wholesome. Yeah. It was family. It was it was conservative. And, you know, it was the top show on TV. Well, Disney is probably rolling over in his grave today to see what's yeah. happened to this company. And... Uh, <laughs> It's sickening, really, you know, and so and I don't necessarily approve of I love Ron DeSantis, by the way. I think he's the best governor in America. I'm not, this is a little bit of a heavy handed tactic that he's using. But, yeah, I'm just shocked that how much these corporate marketing people that are supposed to be geniuses have just re- misread America. This is a conservative country. Yeah. <laughs> it is a conservative. You know, it is a. Uh, center right country that it, we are we are tolerant people. And but this idea that. You know, you're going to teach second graders about uh, sex uh, and yeah. have transvestites. I mean, it's sickening. And it's so out of touch with middle class, uh, you know, America that it makes me wonder, you know, who's running these companies? Now, well, one other quick point. Um, I, you know, I go back and forth. It sounds like, uh, Liz, you're kind of optimistic that the companies are turning in the right direction. But then you see the American Petroleum Institute. We had an mm. item in this in the hotline the other day. Mm. They backed the carbon tax. I mean, <laughs> my God, how stupid is that? Yeah. And they think somehow if they back the carbon tax, that'll get the left greenies off their tail. No, it won't. They they no. now smell no. blood in the water. And and they make more and more of these concessions. Uh, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. We used to talk about the suicidal corporate impulse, and I still see that in the boardrooms of America.
Um, Liz, yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you just um, on the DeSantis thing. So, so I'm a person who, first of all, admires what DeSantis has done. Uh, I also think he was dead in the water right uh, to go after this law and stop this crazy gender and sex brainwashing, you know, for five-year-olds. Okay, 100% right. And he got it done in the legislature, and that's the law. And it's, you know, it's not only pro conservative values it's pro parents so yep. that's that's fabulous but liz i'm not sure i'm really not sure he had to shut down disney's self-governing status and tax status i mean i well, don't it's now when you read the thing it doesn't take effect until june of 23 which gives you uh over a year to sort of kiss and make up i guess but I just kind of thought that was as much as I agree with him on the education in the classroom and the sex and gender abolition. I just thought it was a little gorilla like to go after their governing status. Yeah, what's interesting, of course, is it really puts Democrats in a difficult position because they have long railed against the special treatment that Disney gets in the state of Florida. It's pretty special. I mean, if you have read it's what, 60,000 acres or some enormous amount of land where they can impose taxes, they can undo all the local environmental regulations if they want to build something. Hmm. So Democrats hate that. They hate the fact that Florida has given Disney this kind of free ride, if you will. My guess is it means that that particular part of Florida is very well run because they probably (laughs) build things lickety-split, you know, (laughs) without any environmental hassles and all the rest of that stuff. But but I do think, uh, you know, I think DeSantis kind of said, look, uh, we have given you this special privilege of live, uh, being a corporate citizen because it's been for the good. If you now, as he said, a Burbank, California company, want to behave in such a way that we don't think is longer uh, any longer warrants that, you know, I think it's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it, if they want to undo it, they can undo it. But but I really, I, uh, I think we have really got to deal with the malevolent effects of some of these corporate policies. And, uh, you know, to Steve's point, I think um, that, that a lot of it has to do with this Florida bill and so forth and so on. But this has been going on for some time. And the fact that it all started when corporations said, well, our, our, uh, in, uh, you know, our cause is not really making profits. It yeah. is taking care of a wide array of stakeholders. And by the way, who is running? Steve asked, who's running these corporations? I will tell you, I know some of these CEOs. It is the young, woke employees, mm. mostly women, and they are scared to death of them. They're scared that they're going to start on social Wait, Liz, media with, blasting them. With Ivy League, Liz, with Ivy League that's education. Ex- that's exactly with right. With Ivy League yeah. credentials. Always, yeah. right? So important. By the way, I love this. Exxon took the BLM flag down. I yeah. I didn't see that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. I, I got to find. Do you have a is there a story you could send me on that? Uh, Text it's me, email in the me. paper. I, I, I'll right. look for it. I'll look for it. Yeah. I, I see a possible segment on the on the Fox Business <laughs> yes. show. Really, that's that's a big win for Exxon. But you're right. If you look at their ads and now there's as Steve said, the uh, petroleum institutes yeah. come up for carbon tax. What business is Exxon in? You dopes, you're <laughs> oil and gas. You know, admit it, own it, and do yeah. it well. Like make but, cleaner and cleaner oil and gas. Yeah. That's what Larry, you're supposed have you to seen, do. 
look at the look at the ads that Chevron and BP and yeah. even Exxon put on the. It's, it's not about oil and gas. It's yeah. about oh, we're into biomass and we're building windmills and all this stuff. It's like, are you really embarrassed about what you no, do? No, no, that's you know, right. How hard is it to make the case? It's that, pathetic. That we provide the power for America. And anyway, what a great story! With the new, and let me make one other quick point, if I may. Yeah. Profits. You said that word. Profits. profits. The profits mother's milk of stocks. Yes, I'm, not only is it the mother milk of stocks, it's what it's with profits is the greatest thing that ever happened. Why, you know, without profits, we'd be living in caves still. <laughs> this, this is what created the free enterprise system. You, you know what Kemp, remember <laughs> Kemp used to say, the trouble with the Democrats is they love employees. They just hate employers. That's what Kemp used to say. And and then he would follow up by saying, you can't have capitalism without capital. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. God, I miss Jack Kemp, honest to God. We're with Liz Peake of Fox News and Steve Moore of Freedom Works and Committee to Unleash Prosperity and all things that are good. We'll be right back. I'm Kudlow. Please stick around. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're talking money and politics with Liz Peek and Steve Moore, two of the best of the best. My goodness. Uh, so I have another one that's uh, – I guess I'm being very political today, but um, I don't know if you uh, kids know Neil Freeman, who was Bill Buckley's roommate at Yale, and uh, he was and, uh, one of – By the way, his – his his son is James Freeman, yes. who's with the Wall Street Journal. Yes, great, and, great and family. Very, and James writes fabulous columns. Right. So Neil Freeman was one of the original founders of the National Review, and all that went with that. He's on the board. He may still be a board member for all I know. He's a very dear friend of mine. Uh, anyway, he wrote uh, a piece called "Divorce Florida Style." It's an NRO. So I posted on NRO. Neil now lives in Florida. I think full time. Um, he's a TV producer and, as I say, editor and founder of National Review. Anyway, he kind of goes through this thing about Trump and DeSantis. And Neil and Neil is an astute political guy. I'm just going to say, even though I don't really like this article, but he gives a 70 to 80 percent probability that Trump and DeSantis are involved in a high-speed collision on I-95. Failing to reach amicable settlement, Trump and DeSantis will resolve their issues, James Dean style, with a game of highway chicken. So he's basically saying they are going to collide. DeSantis is going to run. I don't know if Trump's going to run, but I think Neil thinks he might run, but they're going to collide. What do you guys think about this? I mean, DeSantis has kind of risen up right as the uh, biggest alternative to President Trump. I don't want to demean Mike Pence or any of the others, but, you know, DeSantis is a big shot now. What do you think, Liz? Fight Trump Uh, versus DeSantis collision course? Well, I kind of agree with that Um, Mm. because – because why? Because DeSantis, I think most people would say, is peaking, uh, or he's close to that. He's, he is very prominent. He's done a lot of things in Florida that are controversial, that have brought him to national attention. Uh, and he has become a real darling of people on the right, including people who like 
Donald Trump. I, I think I've said before to you, and and I know you disagree, I don't think Donald Trump will run mm. in 2024. I just think there are too many legal, personal issues that would make it very difficult for him. And I don't, I, you know, I don't really know that his family would approve of it, endorse it. Um, and I just think there's so much baggage. You know, I, don't, I think the idea that he might lose would be just horrifying to him. So mm. DeSantis is a great disciple. I know they aren't at that point of making the decision yet. I mean, Trump is not going to give him his blessing, certainly, anytime soon. Um, but I think DeSantis has got the I, – I think he's a much stronger candidate than mm. Mike Pence. Mm. Uh, so I guess I wouldn't necessarily take issue with that. I don't have – by the way, Liz, I don't have a view – whether Trump will run. I mean, I talk to him regularly, but I never talk politics. You know, I've never asked him and he's never said to me. So I honestly don't know. My instinct in my gut is that um, he'll look at the landscape after the midterms. Mm -hmm. He'll flirt with it. God knows. He'll flirt with it as he has. But I'm not saying he, I, I just don't have a view on it. Steve Moore, what do you think about a collision between these two Florida heavies? I think it's a disaster for the two of them. Both of them are hurt by this, and there is a little bit of a mini rivalry that's developing. But if I were advising Ron DeSantis, I'd say, you know, what, what, there's no reason to be criticizing Trump. And mm. by the way, Trump should be trumpeting the things that Ron DeSantis is doing. Uh, and that would only raise Trump's um, approval. So yeah. I, I, I don't know how serious this rivalry is. Um, I want to mention one other quick thing about DeSantis, because, you know, the, the whole Disney thing really overshadowed something. Another amazingly fantastic thing that he did. This guy has a spine of steel. Did you guys see that he is he wants to abolish uh, university tenure? Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, how great is that? Mm -hmm. I mean, who? I don't know, Liz. Do you have tenure? I don't have tenure. <laughs> right. Tenure I mean, why is it that this protected class of, you know, uh, professors never get fired? They, they, they teach three hours a week. They get $300,000 a year. Let's have some accountability at our universities. You know, I have tenure based on every night's last night's ratings. <laughs> ratings go, ratings go down i'm out of here <laughs> yeah. don't you love the fact by the way that i do you, that, you know, what, what do university professors do they grade people but oh my god we can't be graded no no i mean no we don't want to be graded same thing i mean we this is one of the most important things is getting rid of bad teachers bad mm -hmm. bad you know, K through 12 teachers, bad professors and rewarding the good teachers. I mean, that will improve education tremendously. Did you see what happened in Boston where they're considering taking over control of the Boston public schools? The state is. I, I just think it's interesting because it, these school districts go on and on utterly failing kids and particularly kids of color, kids of low income homes, et cetera. And no one ever does anything. Right. Right. And finally in Massachusetts, uh, at least one legislator said, or someone on the school board has actually said, you know, I, I don't feel good about this. We're not really mm -hmm. doing what we need to do for these kids. I mean, <laughs> hello. Yes, that's right. You're not. And this, if, if we actually have any, ambition in this country, and I hope we do, that every kid has a good start, every kid has an opportunity to climb up uh, through the ladder of opportunity, then this is where it starts. And boy, you can't get anyone's attention, including Democrats on it, because they're so in bed with the teachers unions. To me, that is the biggest failing of our country. I agree. 
Yeah, you know, just thinking about New York, Liz. Mm. You know, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, a state takeover of New York City schools would probably be worse. Yeah, that'd probably be worse. I agree. I mean, you well, know, you've got all these communists running. I'm sorry, yeah. socialists. No, no, I, I think that's totally true. The legislature. Oh my God, they're as yeah. bad as the socialists. I mean, the socialists here in New York are just as bad as the socialists in Albany. But then again, the socialists in Albany are mostly from the New York districts, <laughs> so that isn't cool. I think school choice, private schools, school choice, religious schools. That's the only hope. I mean, yeah. go, go, they're all government schools, public schools, and they just have failed, damn it. They I mean, have. Well, you know, they just – just yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. There's one exception to what you're saying. I mean, and that is there has been one school reform over the last 20 years that has really improved a lot, the uh, education of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of kids, and that's charter schools. Yes. And guess yeah. what? Yes. They want to get rid of charter schools. Yeah, no, that's right. That <laughs> little... These are oftentimes public schools. I know I have a lot of friends who live in Washington, D.C. They've been able to get their kids in these charter schools. They love them. And by the way, if they don't like it, they can send their kid to another school. Competition is a great thing. Why in the world, Liz, is the left against charter schools? You know, it, it's just a, it's just the political lock that unions have mm. on on the educational establishment, and it's all about, unfortunately, aggrandizing the unions, uh, garnering power and money for the unions. Not even the teachers. Teachers don't get paid very much, but the union officials are pretty well off, mm. and they don't want to let that go. I mean, it's a horror to me. It's and a horror because there's the most hypocritical thing it, it is imaginable in our country. And the Bidens, by the way are opposed to school choice, particularly kids opposed to any religious-affiliated school choice. All right, we're going to leave it there. You two are fabulous. Liz Peake and Steve Moore, we will see you both on The Cudlow Show on Fox Business Network this coming week. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.